Hello, friends. It's me, the president of Chickenlandia. Did you know that I have a new book that is now available for purchase? You heard that right. It's called Let's All Keep Chickens, The Down-to-Earth Guide to Natural Practices for Healthier Birds and a Happier World. It's now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore, and more. For more information on how you can grab your copy, just click the link in the show notes. It's so exciting, I can barely handle it. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to Chickenlandia's 100% friendly podcast, Bok Talk. This show will help you learn all about how backyard chicken keeping can be fun, entertaining, and stress-free. Here's your host, the president of Chickenlandia. Welcome to Chickenlandia and welcome to Bok Talk, your friendly Backyard Chickens 101 question and answer show. So if you are joining me here in the live show on YouTube, that is awesome. If you're listening to the podcast, that is very awesome too. And I'm so glad you are here. I am the president of Chickenlandia. And today we're going to talk about baby chicks. I've got lots of baby chick questions that I received. So we're going to talk about that. And I want to tell you that if you want to submit a question, then you can do that by going to my website, welcometochickenlandia.com and filling out the contact form. There's a little drop down menu and it says, ask a chicken question. (laughs) So you can go there and then I will answer it on my next Bok Talk. You can also answer, you can also ask questions live, but because this is a one woman show, I might miss it. So um, just to make sure your question gets answered, it's best to submit it via my website. Welcome to chickenlandia.com. It is great to be here today. Um, It's been a very busy week. It's been a very busy day, and I say it's been a very busy week, and it's only Monday, (laughs) so that's where I'm at today. And then I also got a phone call this morning from a local radio station, KSIM, I hope I'm saying that, or KISM, and it's the classic rock station here in Bellingham, or Whatcom County. So yeah, I am doing that interview in the morning. It's live. I hope I can get caffeine before I do that. interview. Okay, so I have several questions today. As you guys know, it is baby chick season, the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, Along the River Homestead says baby chick season is better than Christmas. (laughs) It's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Chickmas. (laughs) Um, So yeah, uh, I love talking about baby chicks and I love this time of year because that's when so many people are getting started and there's just so many folks that are like, oh my gosh, you know, I've never had chickens before, but this year I'm going to do it and I'm doing all my research and that is exactly what Chickenlandia is here for. Um, I love helping people get started. That's my specialty. Um, So definitely if you're one of those people and you want to, ask some questions, do that, go, go to my website, submit some questions. 13 moons homestead says, raise his hand. That's me. She's new to chickens this year. I have a question that you asked in here today. So I'm going to be answering that. 
So without further ado, I want to start on these questions. I got uh, some questions submitted through my website by Ramona. And uh, she asked, what temperature should I keep my chicks at? And that's a really good question. I think that's uh, one of the things that people get stressed out the most because they're bringing these little, like maybe they went to the farm store and they got some baby chicks and baby chicks are both very resilient and very fragile at the same time. Um, so I always say a good way to think about it is to, to do what you have observed a mother hen doing and think along those lines. Hello, Eric Johnson, my moderator. Eric Johnson is here. Thank you for being here. So uh, if you go to the store or if you go to a breeder and you get day-old baby chicks and you're bringing them home, a good temperature to keep them at would be, at the beginning, would be 95 degrees. And then each week you're going to lower that by 5 degrees until probably about a month. And then it'll, it'll likely stay the same until they're ready to go outside. Um, but having said that, I will tell you that, oh, sorry. I will tell you that <laughs> Eric Johnson says, do you want me to sit on the baby chick? No, that is not recommended. <laughs> and if you have to ask, uh, maybe you need to rethink this chicken adventure. <laughs> I will tell you that many years ago, my husband and I, we owned a farm store in Linden, Washington, and at that farm store, we, of course, had many, many baby chicks. Um, and so we never, ever had a thermometer there. And I was still at the beginning of my chicken keeping adventure at that point. And uh, the way that I learned was not to use a thermometer and keep your eye on the temperature, but actually to really keep your eye on the behavior of the chicks. So let's say you have a brooder. You have a heat lamp, you put your chicks in the brooder, and they're all huddled under the heat lamp. They're kind of getting on to each other, and they're peeping really loud. And you can, you can tell when a chick is making a distressed call, peeping really loud, kind of trying to get on top of each other, trying to get warm. Uh, they're too cold. You probably will need to lower the lamp at that point. Let's say uh, you have the heat lamp there and all the chicks are on the sides. They're all lined up on the sides of the brooder and they're probably trying to get away from the heat lamp if you see them doing that. That means it's too hot and you need to raise the lamp. So pay attention to their behavior. There should be chicks sleeping under the heat lamp. There should be chicks walking around pecking and scratching. There should be chicks at the water and food, which, which should be away from the heat lamp. You don't want to put them underneath the heat lamp, um, you know, chilling out over there, eating, drinking. And there should be chirping and cheeping, but not like a distressed call. So it's going to sound pretty relaxed. If you don't have that, then you probably need to make some adjustments. And to me, that's the most important thing you need to pay attention to um, in regards to heat and also just in regards to the chick's well-being is how is their behavior. Now, one way to not have to deal with any of that is to use a uh, what's called like a panel heater or a radi radiant brooder. Brincia has one. I think there's a company called Premier that has one. And basically it's like, I like to call it like a mechanical hen. <laughs> it's a heater that kind of stands on four legs and you can raise and lower it. For baby chicks, you're going to have it pretty low. And instead of 
it generating heat with a red lamp, which is a fire hazard, no matter how you spin it, it's it's a it's more of a fire hazard, especially at the point that you're putting shavings in there. The radiant brooder is way safer. And I do find that chicks do better with it. And what they'll do is they'll go underneath it when they need to, just like they do a baby hen. I mean, a, a mother hen. So when you bring your chicks home, you bring them, you introduce them to the food and water. You can put them under the brooder so they know where the heat source is. And then they will go underneath it um, if they need to and come out when they need to. And that is, to me, um, the best way to do it. It is more expensive than a heat lamp. That's the thing. Heat lamps are really accessible. But if you can afford it, um, I would suggest going with a a radiant type uh, heat source. Um, They're just safer. And it seems to me that the chicks just kind of uh, do better with them. Green Dream Project, my Another one of my trusted moderators, thank you so much for being here. If I missed you, come back and say hello. Homestead Dreaming, hello. Thank you for being here. Today we're talking about baby chicks, and um, I hope that helps. Ramona, she also had another question. Can I give my chicks regular chicken feed? So I'm assuming that by regular chicken feed, you probably mean layer feed. And uh, what I would suggest to you is to find a feed that is formulated for baby chicks. Um, And that would be called chick starter. You're gonna wanna keep them on this feed for at least the first 12 weeks. And then you can go to a grower feed if if you want, or you can keep keep them on it until they either are at the point, either they start laying or they're 20 weeks old. Um, So that's what I would do. There is medicated feed. You'll see when you go to buy chick feed, there's medicated feed and there is non-medicated feed. I would encourage you to do your own research and decide what you feel comfortable with in terms of medicated versus non-medicated. I will tell you that I do not use medicated feed. And in my classes, I don't really recommend medicated feed. Um, But like I said, I'm not a veterinarian. I'm not a scientist. This is my preference. And so, you know, that that is my recommendation. Uh, Medicated feed contains a low level of medication for an intestinal disease that baby chicks and chickens can get called coccidiosis. And coccidia is a parasitic protozoan that lives in the soil and really it's everywhere. Um, Any chicken that is going to be outside is going to be very likely exposed to it on some level. So obviously we don't want our chickens to get sick and die. We don't want baby chicks to get sick. Um, In my experience, what I do is I really pay attention to the intestinal health of my baby chicks. And one way that I do that is by offering probiotics at the beginning of life. I give when I give them their water, I will put a probiotic vitamin and electrolyte powder in their water. And you can get that really at any farm store. Um, if I get them, a, give them a treat, I will give them plain whole milk yogurt, which of course contains probiotics in it. And you, another thing that you could do is put a splash of apple cider vinegar in their water. There's actually a study, I need to find it, but it does talk about how apple cider vinegar is beneficial in pre- preventing uh, coccidiosis. 
So I will try and find that. And if I do find it, I'm going to link it in the description for you. If you're listening to the podcast, I'll put that in the show notes. But, you know, medicated feed, in my opinion, uh, is something that you would need in a, in a larger operation where the it is possible that they could get so much exposure to this uh, uh, protozoan that it will overtake their intestines and be too much for them to deal with. But if you give them, as, as a small backyard flock, if you give them gradual exposure, then it is more than likely that they will be fine. And if the, you do see that they're coming down with something, then you can administer, administer the medication that is in a low dose in the medicated feed and that should hopefully handle it. Now, I don't want to mislead you and tell you that um, coccidiosis is is fun. It's not. It's awful if you have baby chicks dying from it. But, you know, as someone that is natural leaning like I am, I, I rather not medicate unless I, I absolutely have to. And another thing to consider is whenever you medicate, that medication doesn't stop with your chick. It goes into the environment. And so considering those things, I think... Um, and considering the risks, remember, it's always risk versus risk. I rather take the, the low risk of them contracting something and me having to medicate the chicks than me just giving them a medication um, without them having anything. And uh, Brilliant Creatures asked, is it contagious between chicks? And yes, it is. Um, it is in the drop in their droppings. So if you have it in your uh, baby chick flock, then you will very likely need to treat all the chicks. And um, actually, the next question that was asked asked is, can I give my chicks grass to play with? So one way that I like to expose them gradually to all the bacteria and things that are outside is to give them a clump of dirt and grass to play with. And that's going to have all kinds of goodies for them to be slowly exposed to. If you had a mother hen that was raising baby chicks, she would, of course, be taking her chicks around the environment. They would be picking and scratching, and they would be getting this gradual exposure. So without that, I would give them clumps of grass and dirt and let them play with that. And that's another way that they can be exposed to all the wonderful things that are in the environment that they need exposure to. Just moving on, when should I give my chicks grit? I will give them grit from the very beginning. When you bring them home, even if you're only doing baby chick crumble, a lot of times the farm stores will tell you, you know, if you're just feeding the the crumble, then you don't need to give them grit. But I would, because uh, you're certainly not going to be hurting anything. And in my opinion, it's good for them. So uh, what I do when I bring baby chicks home, not only do I sprinkle a little bit of feed around the brooder so they can find it, and also I have their container of feed, but I, I want them to get food and water very quickly when they come home because they're, they're very stressed, especially if they're coming from a farm store where they've been shipped or they were shipped directly to you, those chicks are under a lot of stress. So you want them to find fee food and water very quickly so they don't get something called starve out, um, which I talk about in a video that I posted last year. I will put that link in the description. If you're listening to the podcast, I'll put that in the show notes. I will sprinkle around some of their feed. I will sprinkle around 
a little bit of grit as well. And they know to eat it. And then also in their chick feeder, I'll put about a teaspoon. And I'm talking about the little quart. I think they're like a quart feeders. Um, I'll put about a teaspoon of grit in there and shake it up real good. I think I got a question here. So I'm going to scoot back just a little bit. Kiss my grass. Grass. <laughs> One day I'm going to mess that up. <laughs> Banned by YouTube. <laughs> Demonetized. <laughs> Kiss my grass. Acres asks, when should you start the chicks on oyster shell? Uh, when they start laying? Or at 20 weeks, I would start them at oyster shell. If they start early or if one of them starts early, just start giving them oyster shell. And if they haven't started by 20 weeks, start at that point. And that's the same for layer feed. All right. Next question from Lynette. When do they feather out? About six to eight weeks, depending on the breed. Sometimes they grow faster, especially if you get like, a standard size layer from the hatchery, they're going to grow nice and fast and they'll be little velociraptors in no time. <laughs> um, if you get little bantams, they're going to grow a little bit slower. So usually by the time that they're fully feathered and they might have a little bit of tiny, a little bit of fluff on the top of the head, usually depending on the uh, climate that you live in, they will be ready to go outside at that point. It, and this is assuming it's not during the winter or uh, assuming that you don't live in a, 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 very, a really harsh climate. You don't want to put even eight-week-old chicks, if it's uh, you know 30 degrees at night, you do not want to put them outside at that point. You really want them to be able to acclimate to the change in temperature. Chickens are... Uh, great with handling cold, usually better than heat, depending on the breed. But what is hard for them is a sudden drop in temperature. That's what's hard. So if you're putting baby chicks out and it's the middle of winter and it's getting, you know, 40, 30, 20 degrees outside or less, then you might uh, not fare well. The, the, the baby chicks will not maybe not do well. So uh, what I would suggest is you know, offering some type of supplemental heat if you ab absolutely need to put them outside at that point, and then slowly lowering the temperature down each, uh, every few days, you can lower the temperature down, um, depending on their age. Um, and uh, I don't usually suggest using a heat lamp outside in your coop. It is a fire hazard for sure. Um, I know that uh, many people do it, and I understand why. If you can, I would say use a panel heater. Um, it's just safer, or a radiant brooder. It's just safer when you're put, putting heat, a heat source, and shavings together, wood shavings. Okay, um, let's see. I want to look and see. I think I got a question from Homestead Dreaming. If you use sand in the coop, would you still provide grit? I would, uh, especially for hens, laying hens. They need a bigger, uh, you know, like a bigger pebble. If you go and you go look at the grit that's offered at the farm store, it's bigger than sand. And even the, I guess it would depend on what kind of sand you use, but even the chick grit is a little bit more, um, it's more coarse 
than a uh, playground sand. And that's, that's the kind of sand that I've used with my, with my chickens before. So I would, uh, and certainly with laying hens, I would, because it's just the, the, the pebbles are much bigger than a grain of sand. Big Dreams Homestead asks, do we need grit if they are on rocky soil? I would say if they have access to pasture, you will, you have less of a need to offer them grit. Do I still offer grit? Yes, I do. <laughs> but I know that a lot of people don't because they're going to, they're really likely to find that in their natural environment. Um, but, you know, I do, it's, it's fairly cheap. So I buy it anyway and offer it um, along with my oyster shell. Suburban Homesteader asks, I saw a video saying no to shavings. What do you think? I, I would, my first question would be, okay, okay, uh, why? <laughs> um, I think I know what you're talking about. There are a few uh, influencers and bloggers that recommend against uh, pine shavings. Uh, there's a lot of people that use pine shavings. Uh, there are people that use straw. There are people that use sand. And there is a, a lot of disagreement between those people. And sometimes it can get pretty intense. In my opinion, um, it's really just what works best with for you. Oh, they said it's toxic. That hasn't been my experience. I, you know, it's very, very commonly used. And I, I haven't really seen a situation where it's been proven that the shavings are causing uh, chicken illness and death. I think there's a lot of experiences that people have had where they thought, you know, this, these shavings aren't working for me. And that probably uh, has to do with a lot of different factors, um, environmental factors mostly. But I, I, I will tell you that I've been using them. I think they're great for keeping ammonia down. I use pine shavings or aspen shavings. I have not used... Um, Sheeter, see, sheeter, close, cedar shavings, um, because there is a thought that it can hurt their uh, respiratory system. So just to be safe and pine shavings are cheap, I will use that. But like I said, there there's a lot of feelings about what bedding to use. And my uh, saying will always be, I think you should use what is best for you. And there's a lot of different ways to raise chickens. And, um, as long as they're healthy and happy, I think you're doing well. And there's very few things that I would say, absolutely don't do that. Uh, that is, you know, bad for them. If something's been used for a really long time and, uh, chickens seem to do well on it, then I would say go for it until, until I hear otherwise. Camp Canine Daycare says we used hemp bedding and I'm super interested in that. I did have a company say, oh, I want to send you some hemp bedding, but then I, I haven't heard back. So I, I really want to try it. I've heard some really good things about it. What I start baby chicks out on is actually paper towels. And I do that because they can get really good traction on it. Baby chicks need good traction. They need to be able to spread their little toes out and walk without slipping around or else they can end up with some issues with their feet and legs. And you don't want that. Um, the other thing is, is while they're getting used to finding the feed, the food and water, I want them to be able to just not have any roadblocks between them and the feed and to be able to find it very easily. So that is what I do. I, I put them on paper towels at first when they're really little 
And then after a few days, I'll put them on um, shavings or pellets. And maybe someday I'll try hemp. Okay. Uh, Almost Homestead says there's a guy near Monroe that sells hemp bedding. Yeah, I think I talked to him. I think I have talked to him before, but we'll see. Tammy Stoddard. I use uh, I only use pine shavings in the nest box. Coop and run are all sand and works great. You know, I know people that just absolutely love sand. And I say, if that works great for you, go for it. I have used straw. I really like straw. I, I Right now I'm using shavings and I use uh, nesting pads in their nesting box, which I really like. The Busy Little House, I missed you. Uh, I know that you came in before while I was talking. So hello, thank you for being here. And, you know, I, I mean, I think if sand works for you, that's great. I know a lot of people just swear by it. They just absolutely love it. Daisy Chain 808, thank you for being here in Snohomish. There's a hemp bedding guy too. Is there is there a hemp bedding guy in every county? <laughs> yeah, I I do use sand in the I make my I make dust bathing areas for my chickens and I use sand in those areas and uh they're just like little dust boxes. And they just love that. And right now, my chickens look terrible. If you happen to notice, <laughs> they look terrible because I put a lot of wood ash in their dust boxes. And so they're like, they're like, you know, they just look really dirty right now. I feel so self-conscious. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, uh, I did have a question from De- Devin uh, Edgley. It was asked before the live started, and I guess they couldn't stay for the live. And the question was, can you use Coop deodorizer if you compost uh, the bedding that you use? And if so, which do you use? And um, yes, I do. I uh, And you can. I do. I use it. <laughs> and you can too. It, it, will, it will be good actually for your compost to help uh, break it down and put some beneficial bacteria into it. Um, I use Cooprite. It's from a company called Little Farmer. And I get it from a company called a website, My Favorite Chicken. And um, I actually did a video on it. I really love this stuff. It it has rosemary in it, and it just is so good at keeping the ammonia down in my coop. Um, and I have ducks, so they really do generate a lot more mess than just regular old chickens do. So I love my, my coop right that I use. I did do a review on it. I'm going to put that video in the description. If you're listening to the podcast, I'll put that in the show notes. The uh, short answer to that question is Devin. Yes, you can use it. Let's see. I think I got Chris in Edison. Hi, Dahlia. Have you ever used pinless peepers? I have two hens that are shredding feathers on my other girls and nothing's helped and they don't have bugs. They look like they're, they're too big for the nostrils. Uh, you know, I haven't used them, uh, for you, for you guys that don't know what pinless peepers are, they're these little, I mean, they're so funny. They look like little kind of beatnik glasses that you can put on your chickens. And what they do is they make it difficult for the chickens to focus and peck on a specific thing. So they are used if there is a problem of pecking and feather eating in a flock. I would say, you know, use that as your absolute last resort. First, I would look at a few things. Are your chickens, first of all, are they getting enough protein in their diet? Do they do they have what they need in their diet? They probably do. Oh, that's good. Uh, uh, Chris and Edison said, I started using Coop right after you recommend it. I love it. Yeah, I love it. 
make sure they have enough space and also obviously check them for mites and lice. And then what you could do is use a chicken saddle and you can use that for rooster damage where, you know, a rooster is uh, getting too acting the fool with the hens, (laughs) getting too uh, overactive uh, with a specific hen or with all of his hens. And so much so that the chickens are losing feathers on their backs. So um, a chicken saddle will protect their back and, and give them enough time for the feathers to come back. And usually once the feathers come back, it will decrease the problem of pecking. If, they, if they're already missing feathers, that's a big temptation for chickens to peck at that area. So I would look at that first. And um, another thing that you could do is you could isolate the chicken. If you know what chicken is doing the pecking, you can isolate that chicken for a few days um, just to kind of take it, give it, give it a little time out, <laughs> take it, take it down a notch and then reintroduce it to the flock. And that may be enough to stop that behavior. Pinless peepers is, is tough for a chicken because they can't, you know, it's very disorienting for them. Um, so if you can avoid it, I would if it if you have to use it as a last resort, then I would uh, try and only use it for a very minimal amount of time and then see how it goes. And definitely keep me updated. One chicken lady says, I had one chicken who was being a, a bleep. <laughs> I bleeped that word. And picking feathers off her new sisters. I was ready to give up on her when someone recommended a flock block. There you go. And to my surprise, it really helped. Yeah. You know, the other thing that you can look at is do they need some other type of enrichment? And you can get like a cabbage and tie it to a string or maybe give them some extra perches, just something to kind of occupy their time, um, which is what a flock block would do. They would they would be like slowly working on it. And that may help to uh, resolve that issue. Thank you. I'll try the saddles. Do you think they can dust properly underneath the saddles? Um, probably not as well as if they didn't have it, but I think it, I think it will, it will be okay. And uh, 13 moons homestead, a flock block is a, a very um, like a condensed block of usually uh, seeds and um, other treats that is very condensed and see seeds. And uh, I can't think of anything else. That's in there. Um, but the chickens peck at it. It's a treat, but it's a big block and it is called flock block. I think one, or at least one of the, the main company that sells them is called a flock block. It seemed to help get the pecking urge out of her system and the flock block didn't mind getting pecked at. Yes. It was not a sentient being as far as we know. <laughs> Pamela Benet. Hi, thank you for being here. There, Eric Johnson said it perfectly. Flock blots are seed treats compressed into a block shape. (laughs) That's why you're here, Eric. You can get them in different sizes. So if you have uh, not noticed, I am now doing my uh, Bok Talk every two weeks. I I may go back to every week, but right now, you know, as I've said, this is a, a one woman show. 
And I have a lot of responsibilities, not only with Chickenlandia and a lot of projects that I have going on, and especially baby chick season is very busy for me. But also I've got my kiddos, I've got my little dogs, one with lots and lots of needs. And, um, you know, of course I have my chickens and ducks. So uh, with all those responsibilities, it's just easier for me to do every other week right now. And that might change in the future. Um, hopefully this new schedule works for you. I'm so glad that you guys are here today. So if you have a chicken question... What you need to do is go to my website, welcometochickenlandia.com, go to the contact section. There's a little drop down menu. It says, ask a chicken question. Click that and ask your question and send it to me. And I will answer it on my next Bok Talk Live. Um, that's the best way to submit a question. Sometimes I get them when people comment. Sometimes I get them live, but it's harder for me since I'm just, uh, you know, I'm here. I don't have anybody putting the questions in front of me. I don't have a team yet <laughs> working on it. So it's best to submit your questions beforehand. Definitely do that. And I thank you so much for being here this week. I like to keep it short and sweet, as you guys know, so that people will be encouraged to watch the replay and learn everything they need to about their backyard chickens, because that's what I love doing. So, guys, uh, thank you for being here, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. This uh, Wednesday, I have a video coming out for new chicken keepers. It's all about the best chicken breeds, the easiest chicken breeds for you to get for your new flock. So you should watch it. You should share it with your new chicken friends, <laughs> and I hope you love it. Thank you so much for being here, guys. We'll see you soon. Dahlia Monterosso, also known as the president of Chickenlandia, is a backyard chicken educator in Northwest Washington. To submit your question to Bok Talk, visit welcometochickenlandia.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.